Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Well, good morning. I like that. Hey, it's good to be here today, and I want to thank you for allowing me just to come and share with you. As I was standing back there waiting to come out, I was listening to the dream team sing, and the thought crossed my mind, isn't heaven going to be great? I mean, the singing and, and all of that, and uh, I think it's just going to be a wonderful time. Um, I want to jump right into what we have today, and because uh, we have a lot to share with you. I want to begin by reading to you uh, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10 through verse 18. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness. Now, I want you to hang on to that word darkness, because at the end of our service today, I'm going to come back to that, and you'll see then what I'm talking about. Um, therefore, take up the full... Whoops against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything to stand firm, stand firm. Therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And we'll stop there. And so beloved, we're going to talk just about a few of those things today. I, I wish I had time to go into the full armor of God, but I don't. I'd rather spend a little more concentrated time on two or three of, the, of, of our armor. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do today. Now, before we go any further, last week you all heard from uh, Mr. Myron Bontrager. Today we get to hear uh, from my brother, Rick Bolt. So Rick, where are you? Come on out, will you please? Rick and his wife, Lee. That's right. Good morning. Rick and his wife, Lee, uh, are great people. I've had a chance to get to meet them and talk to them a little bit, and it's just really good to, to have Rick here. Um, Rick has a story. I do. Yes. I do. So if you would share, Rick, uh, just go ahead. Um, first, I, wanna, I want to say this, that the use of this testimony is for one thing, and that's to bring praise, honor, and glory to the Lord. And so I pray that that is a blessing that will flow from this today. So as in any story, you need to start in the beginning. 
And uh, as a child, I came from a divorced family. My mom and dad got divorced when I was two. My grandfather, who was a pastor, passed in January. I was born in April. My mom and dad got divorced when I was two. And my earliest remembrances of men in my life, and Myron spoke to this last week and touched my heart, my earliest remember, remembrance of men in my life was always one of fear. And I was taught to fear my earthly father by overhearing conversations of the adults in my family about how wicked and how evil he was. And then at age five, I got a T-shirt. And I got to tell you my story about the T-shirt. <laughs> I shared this with Pastor Bill. It was my, a surprise birthday party for me. And my uncle brought me a T-shirt that said, I'm a little devil on it. And everybody had a great laugh about that. And uh, so my grandmother, we lived in an apartment above my grandmother. After the party, maybe a day or two later, my, my memory of that in my 69 years of the trip around the sun is not real sharp on details like that. But at some point after that party, I went to my grandmother, who was a, a devout Christian woman and, and probably the love of my childhood, to tell you the truth. And I asked her about this. And so she sat me down and tried to explain to me the best that she could what that side of the spirit realm was like. And it was within a very short period of time after that, I started having a nightmare. And it was, it was terror is what it was for me. And every night he would come into our house and try, you know, he was make, always making his way towards where I was at. And so I had an escape plan that I put into place and, Long story short was that at the end of it, I would be hiding behind our interior door, and there was a big orange footstool back there that I would sit on. I would pull that door back to me, and I would hear him come back up the stairs, and he would grab that doorknob and turn it in my hand like that, and then I would wake up. And I had this dream repeatedly for years. And so it's a word of caution to pay attention to your children. You know, if they have nightmares like this, sit down, pray with them, talk to them, you know, and, and do the best you can to keep children out of adult conversation. The little ones do not need to know or experience those kind of things. So the next thing that major thing that happened that reinforced this fear in me um, actually, I'm going to skip that one. The, the next thing that happened was my mom met a, a man down in Hartford City where we were from, and she moved us up to Tippecanoe River, and I went to school at Leiter's Ford. And this man was, he was, he was mean. He was very mean, and he was cruel with his words. And that's why when Myron was sharing last week, I, as I sat there and <laughs> tears rolling down my cheek for him because I had endured that part of that as well. And those wounds, hear me close, those wounds 
I know from experience are the ones that stick with you the worst. The physical part of the things that I went through with him, those healed quickly and were for, not forgotten, but never forgotten, actually. But they, they healed a lot quicker than, than the other side of that. And so I just want you to encourage, again, keep those adult conversations and those, you know, your actions and those kind of things that are not appropriate for children. Protect their hearts. Protect their hearts the best that you can do. And so at age 14, I believe it was, I took my last beating from this man. And words were exchanged. I'm not going to tell you what I said to him. There are young faces in the crowd. and uh, But the gauntlet got thrown down at age 14. And so I knew... When I woke up the next day, I had to go because I was going to, I was going to follow through with what, what I wanted to do. And I got to tell you, I wanted to do it. I, there was so much anger and so much rage inside of me that I wanted to do that. And so I knew I had to leave. And uh, so I ran away and lived, lived with various friends. My sister Sherry and I lived together in Rochester at the age of 16 and we had our own apartment that my mom paid for, and it was a crazy whirlwind young life for me. And I took a trip to California with my friend Jay, and I was 25 years old. And we stopped at the Four Corners. I don't know if you know where that's at. And Jay, he's a, he was a mountain goat. He's out climbing rocks and doing, doing his thing, and I'm sitting there all by myself. And I remember looking out over that expanse, and I, and I had the conscious thought, if there is a God, surely he would live in a place of this beauty. Not realizing that the place of beauty that he wanted to live was here. Because I, didn't, I couldn't see that beauty inside of myself. And Jay is, is the first man that I really, truly loved in this world. And he helped me tremendously. And so a couple years after that, the Lord was with me through all of this. I didn't recognize it till actually kind of recently. But he was with me through every step of the things that I endured and, and that transpired in my life. And the night of my salvation, I have to share this with you, when I got woke up at 2.30 in the morning and I knew that I was in the presence of the Lord. There was no doubt in my mind. And he was beckoning me to come to him. And I surrendered. I fell on my knees and said, Lord, here I am. And that same quiet voice that called me to that repentance asked me to pray for my stepfather. And the wrestling began because I was not having any part of that. I didn't think, <laughs> but I did. Um, I got up off my knees and I flew into a rage at the Lord, wondering how he could even want me to, to do that. I didn't understand. And he let me vent. He let me puke all that stuff out of me. And in that same gentle voice, I made I, the last thing I said was, don't you dare ask me to go talk to this man about this. And because I wasn't going, I guarantee you that was not going to happen. That same voice said, all I did was ask you to pray. 
and my knees buckled, and I knew right then this was not something that I had ever even envisioned could be a, a possibility. And so I prayed for him. I prayed that God would send somebody into his life to lead him home. And he did that when my stepdad was in the hospital. There was a black pastor that came in and visited with him every day. And Chuck, Chuck tried to teach us kids to be racist. Well, anything that Chuck tried to teach me was an automatic zero because I'm not going to follow that. You know, I was in full-blown rebellion, you know what I mean? Not going to happen for you. So this black pastor came in one day, and they had company in the room. And he said, Chuck, I'll be back in a, a couple minutes. I'm going on down the way. And he left, and my stepdad broke and started sobbing and told my mom, you go get that man. I need to talk to him right now. And that man came back and led that man to Christ. And now I get an eternity. I get an eternity with him. And to, to be honest with you, I'm looking very forward to seeing that man on the other side of this. And, uh, you know, it... When, my, when he passed, my mom moved to Plymouth, and she lived with my sister Sandy in the latter stages of her life. Then she came to live with us. And my mom, because I had unforgiveness towards my mom, because she chose to basically abandon her children over this man. And so what I needed to do was go and ask my mom for forgiveness. And the reason I had to do that was because as a child, you learn really quick what buttons to push and how to direct that anger away from you. And when it, does, when it happened, he would go to my mom. And so I caused her a great deal of physical pain and abuse and stuff to protect myself. And so I had to ask for my mom's forgiveness for that, which was a very, very difficult thing for me to do. And I waited my entire adult life, well, my entire life, actually, to hear the words from my mother, Rick, I'm sorry that I did this. And I never got to the privilege of hearing that. And she gave her life to Christ, but I still, you know, I longed for that and wanted that in my life. So I, I say this to encourage you in this. If there is unforgiveness in your heart towards anybody for any reason, Rectify that situation. Get that out of your spirit, out of your soul. And the, the two scriptures I wanted to share with you real quick, because my time is up. I'm sorry, Bill. <laughs> I told you five, buddy. But um, it's found in Mark chapter 11. And it says in there, in there to love the Lord thy God with everything that you have within you. And these roadblocks of this man vision that I had of earthly men in my life was just that it was a roadblock for me to surrender all of it because those things that I've shared this with Bill that anger and all that stuff that became my safe place I knew how to operate inside of that and then to let those walls down and become vulnerable and naked to all of that was a very very scary situation for me and then it says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the thing that the Lord has shown me is that that verse is like holding up the mirror 
and how I love my neighbor, all my neighbors, is how that's a re- direct reflection of how I love myself. And that, would, that is a tool that we can use to improve ourselves, to, to come more in, in line with what God's word is. The second one is in um, Galatians chapter 5, and this one saved my life. It was, you know, back before my salvation, I was, I was on the fence about leaving this world. And when I read this, this verse, it, was, it just opened my eyes, and it says these two forces, this is the book, these two forces, good and evil, God and Satan, are constantly at battle with each other. But our wishes are never free from their pressure. And so that internal voice that we have, that we listen to, if it doesn't produce the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and goodness, you need to take that thought captive and get it out and renew your mind here. Thank you, Rick. You're back. I have this thing on. So Okay, that's okay. That's all right. I am sure that Rick would love to talk to you more about his testimony. If you have questions, please look him up. Uh, I'm sure he'll be out in the foyer after, after the service here. Okay. Verse 11 of Ephesians 6. Put on the full armor of God. The full armor. Obviously, as I said, I'm only going to be able to talk about three things quickly today. And, and there's one thing in, in verse 18, it says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. Now, the way I, the way I often teach people this is, is this right here. I think I've used this last week. Uh, there. Thank you. It says, I can pray to God and I can and I can pray about the situation or purpose or person that I am talking to. Now, you're at the apex at, at the right triangle there, and I will either walk in the flesh or in the spirit. Now, God is the only one that can understand your thoughts. Satan can't. He will try to trick you. He'll seek to deceive you, whatever. He can't read your thoughts. And so this is so important because I can carry on conversations with the Lord this way, even as I'm talking to other people. I do this frequently. And if you don't do that, practice it. I'm telling you, it'll make a world of difference in your life as to as to walking with the Savior and being filled with the Spirit. First, first um, point here the, of our armor is in verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation do you know you're saved do you know if you're saved that's a way a better way to say it because i'm sure in these people in this size crowd here this morning i'm sure that there's people who either may not be christians or you may be a christian and you just uh, mm. the first year after i accepted the lord i only went to church one time i didn't know a good church to go to and so I really wasn't bothered by Satan. I got married. My wife came from a Christian family. She knew what to look for. We ended up at uh, Pastor David Jeremiah's church, Blackhawk Baptist Church in Fort Wayne when he was there. The moment I started going to church, I began having doubts. I began having doubts. I thought, 
is this really real? Or am I just following along because other people want me to? Is this really real? One night we came home from church. It was a Sunday night, pulled in the parking lot behind our, our, our box apartment. And uh, Anita said to me, she says, Bill, what's wrong? I said, well, I really don't know if I'm a Christian. I said, I really don't know if I'm saved. I said, I think, is this really real? She said, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to take care of that? I said, well, sure, but how? She said, okay. Now my wife is wise. She really is. She said to me, did you sin? (laughs) Oh yeah. Big time. She said, did you confess your sin to Jesus Christ and ask him in your heart to be your savior? Yes. Did he come? Yes. You're sure? Yes. She said, okay, here's what I want you to do. She said, now we're sitting inside the car. It's at night. It's dark outside. She says, I want you to drive a mental stake in the parking lot right there. I said, that'll work. She said, yes. I said, okay. So I bowed my head. I said, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you into my heart to save me from my sins. I believe you came in the heart to be my savior. And, and I believe that you did just that in Jesus name. Amen. I hate to tell you how many years ago that was. I'm going to, it's somewhere around, somewhere in the forties. Okay. 40 years ago. Sent right after that for within probably the first two weeks, I had two doubts about my salvation. And I repeated out loud. I said, no, Satan, that's a lie. Get behind me. I'm a child of God and God, God cannot lie. He said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And I did that. Get away from me. By the way, that is very, if, if, if you haven't done that, he wants to deceive you and accuse you and tempt you. Uh, because he'll tell you it's, it's, just not, it's just not true. And that's a lie. Be a follower of Jesus. Um, Jesus is our leader. Second point, make truth your guide. In verse 14, he says, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. The sword, and, and down in verse 17b, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Years ago, there was a thing floating around. I, I don't know. I, I don't go to foreign countries too much. It was definitely in the United States. It was a philosophy put forth by secularism that said, what is truth? You can't know truth. Your truth may not be his truth or her truth may not be her truth. Truth is whatever you make it. And that's a lie. The only place you can find truth is in this book. Now, please hear me. This book has lies in it, but it's all in context of it tells us who is doing the lying and that lying is against what the word of God wants, what the Lord wants for you. Years ago, I was a psychiatric aide 
in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the Pine Rest Christian Mental Hospital. And I worked with adolescent girls. <laughs> we won't go there, folks. Anyway, one night I, I had a break. I went into the break room, sat down, and there was a magazine laying on the counter. And I picked it up, and at that time, it was about Pat Boone, I think, speaking out against homosexuality and lesbianism. And so I read the article, I tossed it back on the table, and I said, good for him. Lord will protect him. This woman sitting over here, her name was Kathy, she looked at me and she said, he doesn't have any right telling people they're wrong about that. I said, really? She said, no. Now, fortunately, I had just read in the article where it is found in the Bible. Romans 1, 26 and 27, among places in Leviticus. And so I said to her, I said, well, Kathy, you're not arguing against me. You're arguing against God. It says in the Bible that that's wrong. She said, where? So I opened up the Bible, Romans 1, 26, 27. I handed it to her. I said, read that. She read it. And then she handed me back the Bible and she said, well, I read it, but I still don't believe it. And I said, well, that's between you and the Lord, not me. Be very careful of, of the, the thoughts that come to you and the thoughts that, that you are fed. Um, I like what Rick said when he talked about that T-shirt. I'm a little devil. Now, you may think that that is no big deal, but it is. Ouija boards are so dangerous. And, and, I, and I, I don't study it because I don't want to open my mind up to it. But, but uh, many of our children's games, Dungeons and Dragons, and things like that are bad for our kids. It opens our minds up. To the satanic world. Don't get involved in that. I had, I had a client, oh golly, probably five years ago, and he came in and sat down and, and he was struggling, struggling bad. And we got to talking about this and he said, you know what, you know what took a hold of me so bad for years? I said, what's that? He said, I used to watch the TV show, I Dream of Jeannie. Now that's about a witch, I guess. I never watched it, but it's about a witch. Be very careful what you open your mind up to. Make truth your guide. And one, and one last thing on that. In 1 John, the word of God tells us to test the spirits. Test the spirits. Do you know how to test the spirits? 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see their, whether they are from God. And down in verse 3, it says, And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. So how do you do that? Now, this is important because I have sat with people, and, and one of the very first things I do when they come in is I ask them. I, I seek to discern where they're at spiritually. And I remember this one person and they came in and I was talking to them and I said, well, tell me about your spiritual life. And they said some things and I, and so I says, well, is Jesus your savior? Oh yes. He's my savior. Really? Well, that's good. 
And so we talked a little bit and I said to this person, I says, now you say Jesus is your savior. So uh, sitting right here right now, would you just confess to Jesus that, that you are a sinner and that you ask him in your heart to be your savior? Well, why would I do that? I've already done that. Okay. Well, because, because I, you know, the Lord wants you to confess him to other people. I don't need to do that. Oh, you see, and you stop and think about what this person said. This person said, Jesus is my savior. This person never said that they had received Christ as their savior. And there's a big difference. Jesus Christ is all of our savior. I mean, all of us, he's our savior. But if I don't receive him as my savior, Satan is going to attack me in all kinds of ways that we cannot even fathom. Last point, carry the shield um, of faith in verse 16. In addition to all taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, the shield of faith. Um, in, in Hebrews 12, well, in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Jesus is our example. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Beloved, Sin seeks to drag us down, and it's something that we fight against day in and day out. Your sin may not be my sin, my sin not your sin, but their sin. But we're not called sinners, we're called saints. Thank you. We're called saints, holy ones. And see, it's, it's walking in the flesh that, that, that destroys us or pulls us down. Last week, I talked to you Briefly, I said, we're going to talk about it this week, about the CMD. Now, the word C, the, 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 um, CMD stands for critical moment decision. This is not my idea. This comes from Charles Stanley, Dr. Charles Stanley out of Atlanta. He talks to his people about the CMD, the critical moment of decision. As we walk through our days, every one of us, as we walk through our days, we have people and situations in front of us. Remember that thing. And I have a person or a situation in front of me. Something comes up. I'm praying. Okay, Lord, what do I say? Where do I go with all this? And the Lord will, if, if you, if you develop this habit, please do. If you develop this, when you pray that be very aware of your next thought if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, and he wants to teach you. He, so he is seeking to teach me, teach you with my thoughts. That, that's how he communicates with it. He impresses my spirit. Now, I got to be honest with you. Everything that the Lord has said to me to either say or do, eh, I mean, no, Lord. That, 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 no. In fact, Rick mentioned that earlier. Forgive, forgive your dad. I mean, that's what he thought. That's not what the Holy Spirit said. He said, I just asked you to pray for him. But, 
But you have a choice. Don't ever let anyone tell you different. You have a choice in that moment to either walk in faith and the Lord will show you or not to walk in faith, to walk in faith or to walk in the flesh. I don't want to do it. No, I'm going to look stupid. I'm going to look dumb. Can I trust the Lord that he'll make it okay? Yes, I can. Bring all of our sin out into the light. All of your sin out into the light. And what I mean by that, word of God says um, that we are to, uh, we're to encourage, exhort, and rebuke one another. Now, one of the problems of churches, I'm not saying this church, but one of the problems of churches, we put on our Sunday face and we come to we come to church and we look good and we say the right stuff and all that stuff. But we never really sit down with a brother or sister and say, you know, I am struggling with some stuff. Can you help me? Oh, no. And yet it is out of our weaknesses that we are made strong. So it's okay to share your, your struggles, whatever, with, with, other, with other Christians. And by the way, if somebody comes to you and says, calls you by name, I have, I have, I have this problem. I, I, I just, I, I don't know what to do with it. Help. And so you ask them what the problem is, and they share with you what, your, what the problem is. Be very, very careful not to fix them. That drives people nuts. Don't be a fixer. The word of the Holy Spirit is called our paraclete in the word of God. Paraclete has the idea of someone who walks alongside of. And that's what the Holy Spirit does with us. He walks alongside of us. So rather than fixing somebody, you may, if you're honest, you may say, well, you know, I have no idea how to do that. But to listen, brother, sister, I'm going to go with you. I, I just want to lend support, whatever that means. I just want to walk with you because you're my brother and my sister. People are crying out so much to have someone walk alongside of them. We're going to close our service in a little bit different way today. And I'm going to have to have, I, I, I'm going to ask Pastor Josh if he'll come out here because I need help. Now, don't be alarmed because in just a few minutes, not because Josh came out. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love Josh. Uh, in, in just a few minutes, I'm going to ask the men back there to shut all the lights off in this place. And then, and then I am going to tell you some things that maybe Satan is telling you. Or things that I've heard over the years from people who have been struggling with this. And Pastor Josh is going to step in at a point and he is going to ask you to respond as he responds. So just follow Pastor Josh's lead. Okay, gentlemen, can we cut the lights?
Ah, yes. You see, Satan comes to you in the dark and he says to you, you're worthless. You're no good. You know, you come to church on Sunday and, and you probably fought with your wife or fought with your husband on the way to church or you fought with the kids. What a hypocrite. And you call yourself a Christian. You think you're so holy. You're not holy at all because you see, I know your thoughts during the, the week. I know what you're thinking about. I know what you're doing that you think nobody sees, but I see you're not special. You're worthless and you're just playing a big game. Nissan, would you repeat after me? Satan, these are lies. I've confessed to Jesus that I'm a sinner. And I've accepted Jesus as my Savior and made him Lord of my life. I am saved. Therefore, Satan, you must flee my presence right now in Jesus' name. Ah, and Satan's gone. Amen. You, you speak the word of Amen. truth and he runs. Amen. When you speak the word of truth, the light comes on. And Jesus Christ is our light. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being here. We thank you for what you have done for us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And I thank you, Lord, for each person here today. And we pray, Lord, that this week we would bring glory to you as we fight as your warriors in Jesus' name. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week. Thank you.